Hello, this is Judy Barkoviak from NLP and EFT Kids. I'm the author of a number of books on NLP and on parenting, I suppose. It's certainly NLP from a parenting perspective, uh, because that's what I know about. I don't know much about corporate life, I'm afraid. I'm probably unemployable. I'm such a rebel. But um, enough of that. Um, as um, a parent, um, I've written a number of NLP books, and the latest one is called Empower Your Kids, A Coaching Guide for Parents. And the one before that, which was published in November of last year, which seems an awful long time ago, doesn't it now, with so much that's happened, that was called Understanding Your Children, Understanding Children and Teens, um, A Practical Guide for Parents, Teachers and Coaches. But my first book um, was called Be a Happier Parent with NLP. And I wrote that um, fairly shortly after I'd finished training with Sue Knight um, because um, I was was just absolutely amazed at how appropriate NLP was for parents and at that time there was very little out there to do with NLP and parents. NLP was mostly associated with the workplace Um, and really I suppose that's very much uh, was the basis of Sue's course and her training. I mean, her book NLP at Work is um, very much um, the sort of Bible really for NLPers and she's very, very well regarded as sort of the guru of NLP. Um, And my experience uh, was as a parent and also working with children and teens in uh, the market research world, working for uh, toy uh, clients, uh, publisher clients and TV shows, which was all great fun, really trying to understand what children and teens um, enjoyed. So this extract that I'm going to talk about now is from Be a Happier Parent with NLP, which you can buy from my website, uh, which is judybartkoviak.com. Um, and I want to talk to you about identity. It's, it's something that um, I think about quite a lot because uh, when you become a parent, um, your identity changes, doesn't it? You know, you become quite quite different. I think I became quite cautious when I became a parent. I didn't just sort of go for it when it comes to skiing and things, although my kids would probably say I never went for it when it came to skiing because I sort of quite like to take life quite slowly. I pack a lot in, but I do it at a fairly relaxed pace. Anyway, so yes, your identity changes as a parent and it changes as your children grow, doesn't it? Because you have to become a little bit more hands-off as they become more hands-on. And then as your children grow to teens, uh, it becomes the really, really anxious time of, will they be okay? Um, Yes, I was quite an anxious um, teen parent. Um, And then, um, of course, as they then sort of leave home and and so on, uh, your identity changes. And then when the nest becomes empty, again, your identity changes. So um, this is an exercise really um, that I want to take you through, which is called the logical levels of change. It's really designed um, for you, but also for your child, because as you change, your child changes, 
their identity becomes something that's of great interest to them. Um, Not so much when they're very little, but as they get to that sort of, you know, about eight, nine, ten age group where they sort of realize that not everything parents say is what they agree with. Um, And they think parents are wrong about things. They think they know better. And sometimes they actually do. It's a very interesting age because they have their own opinions on on life and, and their life in particular. Um, and uh, so their identity becomes something that's really quite important. It's important for them to love who they are and not so much to concentrate on comparing themselves with their peer group or, or indeed to be comparing themselves with people on social media, people whose photographs have been sort of very um, heavily edited um, and for them to recognise who, what, what their core values are, who they are, what their skills are, and so on. So I'm going to sort of read from this, although I might dart off, as I sometimes do. Obviously, you can read the full thing um, in the book, Be a Happier Parent with NLP. So let me start. Um, There are so many changes we take on board when we become a parent for the first time. And along with the physical exhaustion of parenthood, my goodness, do I remember that, and accompanying challenges to our confidence, is it any wonder that we stop and think, who am I now? Before children, we knew who we were and probably only had to think about ourselves. We could have spent hours discussing our thoughts and feelings about every issue with friends at work, in the pub, over meals and so on. Having had children, time constraints mean we don't have that luxury these days. But do take some time to read through the section, re-establish who you are and think about your beliefs and values, skills and resources You will certainly impress yourself and stand a few centimetres taller as a result. This section um, particularly, I would say, relates to new parents. Um, I run a course which is specifically for parents of preschool children, and I gear it. It's very much done individually with the parents. I usually do it face-to-face on Zoom with the mum and uh, that's how it works. And then they um, watch it through again with their partner and they can discuss it and there are exercises to do. And I gear it very much according to the age of their children. So the last one I did, um, she had, I think, a one-year-old and a three-year-old uh, coming up four years old. She was the, the, the older one was going to be starting school. So you can relate everything to the age of the child. And identity was something that, that's very much a part of that course. Who am I as a parent? How do I want to be as a parent? So uh, carrying on reading, friends are great at restoring our confidence. Uh, What do we do without them? Remember, though, that we as mums and dads don't believe all we're told and we have selective hearing. How much easier to take a criticism than a compliment. When someone you love and trust tells you they think you've handled a situation well, what do you do? We just shrug it off, don't we, as them being kind or supportive? Or do you take it in, reflect on what you did and learn from it? I suspect not. You were given some positive feedback and didn't make use of it. We all do that. But once you've read this book, you will make better use of feedback and be better at giving feedback that others, particularly your children, can learn from. 
And um, I'm smiling now as I think of a client I had last uh, week who actually has a cerebral palsy child who at uh, eight years old, coming up nine, is desperate to do more things for herself. And yet mum, because she's aware of the difficulty that her child has, and is also very much wanting to be there as a loving mum, uh, finds herself saying the same things night after night. You know, it's time for bed. You know, it's time to brush your teeth. It's time for this. We must do this. And the um, her daughter gets quite annoyed. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, that is that time, isn't it? Sort of eight, uh, eight, nine years old, where actually you can be giving them a, a lot more responsibility. And that then calls into question, who am I who's giving my child more responsibility? You know, am I am I even needed so much now? And some parents do sort of, you know, really find it quite difficult to give up that responsibility. You know, that's what a mum does, takes responsibility. And I found this particularly with mums that I talk to. I have a group, a Facebook group called Time to Tap, um, which I set up um, some time ago at the beginning of the pandemic to support children and parents uh, through these anxious times. And um, I used to run on a Friday afternoon a, a, a time to tap for parents. And mums were saying to me how terribly um, worried and upset and anxious they were that they couldn't answer their children's questions, that they 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 felt that they should be responsible. You know, they're the parent, they're the and this is about identity as a parent. We feel that we are the one, don't we? It's up to us. Um, but um we couldn't answer their questions. We didn't know when things were going to improve. We didn't know when things were going to back go back to sort of so-called normal. Um, and so then we felt we'd failed. Um, certainly mums uh, that I spoke to felt that they'd really failed because they couldn't keep their child safe. They couldn't make their child happy. That was the main one. They really wanted their children to be happy. But how could they make them happy with all these restrictions? And and that, again, I think goes down to identity. You know, who who are you that you feel responsible for your child's happiness? You know, what if you could trust your child to actually be responsible for their own happiness? And that's quite a big question. And I think as your children get to sort of eight, nine, to, you know, getting towards that sort of end of primary school, getting towards sort of the age of sort of, you know, 10, 11, uh, they are starting to grab at sort of bits of res responsibility for themselves and being able to make decisions. Um, sometimes we're inclined to give our children really sort of trivial decisions, um, you know, about sort of, you know, what they, you know, what they want to eat or what they, what colour mug they want to use or whatever. Um, but actually, what if we could give them slightly more important decisions, um, like, you know, when they want to do their homework or whether they want to do their homework, 
um, whether what time they want to go to bed. I mean, this is something that you can play around with a bit in the summer holidays, you know, just for them to notice how tired they are the following day when they go to bed. Because when children learn stuff for themselves, um, that builds the, their skills, their knowledge, their awareness, their confidence, and so on. When we do everything for them and make those decisions, those important decisions for them, um, that can actually um, undermine their confidence. So we've got to sort of 12 minutes, and I haven't even started on the logical levels of change. Um, but I'm going to make a start and then go on to it more specifically in another podcast um, because I know from what I, feedback I've had from um, parents that the shorter podcasts work quite well as little snippets and obviously if I go on to the next one you can either carry on and it'll roll on to it anyway, won't it? So if you don't know who you are, then how can you consider change? Change from what to what? Let's take a moment to explore you. First, let's separate roles from identity. You probably have many roles as a parent, such as a peacemaker, a teacher. Well, definitely through the pandemic, many of, uh, many of you have been teaching. Disciplinarian, playmate and comforter. In your workplace, you have other roles associated with the work you do. Among your friends and family, other roles are required, and you may have different roles in each relationship you have. This is not your identity. These are hats, so to speak, to use a metaphor, which you can put on when called upon to do so, and you can switch hats when you need to, but your identity will say the same. So the, this, this exercise, the logical levels of change, is very much about sort of who you are and looking at different aspects of who you are. Um, so I'm going to go on to that in the next podcast. So I would invite you to either move on to that or if you feel this is really going to be interesting, which I hope you do, um, do please um, buy the book, um, which is called Be a Happier Parent with NLP. Or, of course, um, there are quite a few courses that I run, um, which is me basically talking to you on Zoom. Um, which are be a ha one of them is be a happier parent with NLP. It sort of runs along the book, but actually goes into uh, very much whatever you uh, want it to go into. Um, so you can sort of dive off and look at some areas in a little more depth. And of course, there's the preschool parenting one, which I've already mentioned. Um, I also offer a free 30-minute session if you would like to um, have a chat about how I can help either with um, uh, consultations, with sessions with me. Um, you can also follow me, of course, on my Facebook page, which is NLP EFT Kids. You can join my group, my Facebook group, which is NLP EFT Kids. Um, and um, if you're more interested really in the sort of EFT, the Matrix, uh, Aroma Reiki, and more of the sort of energy healing side of the work I do, um, then have a look at the Facebook group Changes in Your Hands. And of course, if you're specifically interested in EFT and tapping for you or your children and teens, then 
the Facebook group, Time to Tap will be relevant. I have a YouTube channel uh, where there's lots of examples of tapping, uh, NLP, EFT kids, um, or it might be NLP kids, but certainly along those lines. Um, And my new uh, website, which I would love you to have a look at, is judybartkoviak.com. Um, I'm shortly going to sort of archive my old website um, and I'm going to do a podcast um, on the reasons for that. Um, but basically, in a nutshell, it's really that um, my old website's very much NLP and EFT kids, but actually, I do so much more than that um, as an author, obviously, as a trainer, because I train people who want to work with children on all the stuff that I know, basically. It's just sort of my experience passed on to to you. And if you've got uh, the desire to make a difference in the lives of children, then do get in touch because um, I do only train uh, parents um, and, um, and teachers and people who already work with children. Um, or live with children Um, so get in touch if you'd like some training Uh, but everything is on my new website so I think that's enough of my voice for now okay bye